Hi, I'm Karina. I'm the Music Ministry Director at Every Nation Auckland City. We are a multicultural, multi-generational, socially responsible church that makes disciples. We hope this message inspires you to honour God and make disciples. It's good to be back. Yeah, really good to be back. One of the reasons that I love this spiritual family, one of the reasons I really appreciate this spiritual family is its call to the nations. Yeah, the nations, not just the geographical land mass, but also people groups. Often the word nation simply means that. You know, within a particular geographical boundary, you find nations, you find people groups, even in our own city. I love this movement because it's called to reach nations beyond even our geographical nation itself, Aotearoa, New Zealand. I love the fact that every nation, our movement, our global family is in 82 nations and growing. That's us. This is us. And if you feel, by the way, if you feel there's a nation in your heart that God's sending you to, to be a part of and maybe part of a church planting uh, team or campus planting team or, or some other ministry expression, come and talk to me. I love it. I love it. So we get together once every three years. We gather as a, as a family around the world. And this time we gathered in South Africa, Cape Town. Yeah, anybody in the room from Cape Town? Whoa, fantastic. We had 71 nations there. It was just so outstandingly good. 71. There we are worshiping Jesus. There's these German people here and Finnish people here and people from Congo right here. And, and their skin tone so different and their garb and their attire so different. But the spirit of family filled that room. 5,000 delegates. I mean, given the global financial crisis and frankly, South Africa is really hard to get to. It's a mega flight. To think that we all came from around the world, even some from Poland who are still engaged in the war in Ukraine. I had, had, a, had spent time with a gentleman from Palestine, his wife's from Gaza, and they're working through all that that means. I mean, we've got the global thing going down. People are there from creative access nations. It's so rich relationally and mission, missiologically to, to think about the nations. Every three years we do it. It's not a hyped up event. It's a family reunion. I really appreciated the scaled down version on the stage. It was about Jesus. And it was about people who don't know him yet. And, and the nations didn't just go in the audience or even on the worship team. It was the speakers as well. They came from Ireland. Can you say Ireland? You got to get a little Ire twist in there. That's right. Ireland, USA, Egypt, Philippines, South Africa, Nigeria, Poland, and Canada. All around the world. It was a stunning, stunning time together. The best that I've been to. And we're going to gather again in three years' time in Manila, Philippines. And I want to invite you all, but rather than me just keep talking about it, why don't you watch this video and get a taste and a feel for the next World Conf? Come on. God of wonders, beyond. 
more. God uses them more, but build it right. Build it right. The miraculous power of the Holy Spirit is hovering wherever the Word of God is acted on in faith. If our God is for us, who could ever be against us? If you want to experience miracles every day of your life, you must be sharing the gospel every day of your life. When you begin to believe the promises of God, when you begin to pray it out, all of a sudden, you just rise up because now you have the Word of God in you and you are beginning to see from the perspective of the Holy Spirit. And when God does a miracle in this age, it's a foretaste of the coming of the kingdom. What would it look like if a whole generation of students and young people had that heart attitude and that willingness to see obedience through to the end? Friends, the world would not be the same. From strength to strength, from victory to victory, into every nation, with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in our generation. Great miracles are bound to happen when we continue to follow Him as one people, set apart, and sent on mission. The miracles are not on us. We do the mission. God does the miracles. Isn't that great? You're welcome to join us. Uh, we, we welcome, we love, we intentionally embrace the nations around the world. I love that about every nation. And locally, more locally in the Oceania region, I want to let you know and in, invite you all to come and join us next year. In just under one year, in September the 4th through 7th, we're going to be meeting and celebrating and dreaming in Suva, Fiji. Coming up, that's right. And so I want to invite you all to come, come and join us and get a taste of the nations. And it's there that we gather and dream about how we can reach other islands in the Pacific, whether it's or other peoples in our part of the world, whether it's in our nation, within our boundaries and borders, or it's another land completely. Isn't that great? <laughs> Why do we do this? Because taking the gospel to people is the most important thing on the planet. Taking the message of forgiveness, seeing men and women who are broken, reconciled to the Father, and seeing healing and wholeness and purpose and meaning renew their souls. Because, friends, I think you'll agree with me, money and status doesn't do it. People are craving for solutions to the human problem, and the solution is the gospel. 
So it's in our DNA. It's on our label on the door. We're called every nation. And here at Every Nation Auckland City, it's who we are. We want to build multicultural, multi-generational, socially responsible churches. And last time I looked, next slide, we have 16 nations in our church. Isn't that great? Yeah. One or two of them are not here today. <clears throat> Langton, can you see it up there? I found you, brother. I don't care if it's just one person from that nation. I celebrate that and believe that we'll see growth and expansion. <laughs> Family, this is us. That is us. Not by accident, by prayer, by intention. And we pray that we'll see an increase and an expansion of more nations coming here. Not one flag is up there, for example, from South America. There's a whole lot of countries that we don't have a representation for, but I'm praying and believing that God will send them to us. They're in our city, actually, probably awaiting for us to engage them and cross over the uncomfortable barrier, the glass barrier, to engage people who look different to us, sound a little bit different to us. I believe when you get the nations together, it's a slice of heaven. It really is. Does that sound good? You know this nations thing, this idea of looking beyond our own culture and looking at merging and fusing, fusing them together and having a heart for the nations, it's a pretty big deal to God. Have you noticed? Isaiah 56, 7 says, For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. And so this new series, I'm calling it This Is Us. We're going to highlight some real key attributes to us as a local church, as a movement of churches, starting with nations. But one of the aspects that I'm hoping we can weave through these messages is that we are activated it's not just sitting in rows looking at the speaker, but we actually engage and get involved in this. And so this is what we're going to do today. Are you all ready to be slightly uncomfortable? What we're going to do is we're going to pray. I want to activate the scripture. I want us to pray for nations. We've just had an election in this land and and for whatever your political persuasion is, I hope we can all agree that a new political party or any political party is not the ultimate solution for Aotearoa New Zealand. At best, we can get some kind of justice. At best, some kind of equity in our financial arrangements. At best, we can somehow curb the, 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 curb the lines of crime and other things, but it doesn't heal anything. It doesn't change anything. It's the gospel. It's the church who's been called to steward the gospel. So I want to activate us in prayer this morning. Ko te āthua mātou, titiro nga tangata hei te kānganga toa Aotearoa. Whakamanoa a tōku aroha, mō huid katoa nō hoanga i te whenua. Ka haere au me te whakapono, kaore ko te mātou tōku tōtau iwi a tāhua a mātou. Muru tātou ko awari ki a koe. 
ka karakia au i nāra nā natanga, whenua nā tohono nā toa umo te wānei. Te whamakamatāra rātou ko te pāmamai te o ate teka. Me whakawhiti a koe a mātou nā tāma he wahine he tamaiti wehātoa. Me te whiwhi tahitanga ko te wairua tapu ki te rohi a mātou anō. He oe anō ke te karakia o whangatikia ko tōrongopai te rongopai anō hoki rā ko iho karaiti. Homai ki a mātou te hāhia aroteo. Ka tōma ia ki te wairua ki a kaha ki tāwhiwhi nifa te tuahua no te manākitia ko ihia mō te mōtua uwhia mā a mātou te rongopaikoa ko te mea koe i nga tau ka mea ana ka tono katawa tō te ingoa o ihu karaiti. Amine. Thank you for giving and sacrificing and sowing prayers into other nations and in particular this nation. Sadly, not every Christian embraces other nations. And this is not new. When Jesus stepped onto the planet, he stepped into the middle of all kinds of cultural standoffs and calls his followers to live differently, not to live indifferently. And there's one such occasion that's actually rather shocking in Scripture, and we're going to parachute into it for some brief commentary, and we are going to try and wrap this thing up by mid midday. It's in Luke chapter 10. Jesus is there with his disciples. They're in Galilee. They've had a full day of busy, busy, busy time of teaching and training. It's been a full day at the office, a busy time. And at the end of the day, he's gathered this crowd, and there's, there's these disciples in there. And in the crowd, there's a lawyer, a very educated young man. And he asked Jesus a question. His specialty wasn't immigration law or criminal law or family law. His, 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 his specific education was in religious law. And he asks a question of Jesus, challenging him about the Mosaic and rabbinical law. And he, he knows his stuff. This boy knows his stuff. And he asks Jesus, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus did his thing. Do you know what his thing is? He answers a question with a question. I think I'm right in saying he faced over 250 questions. Only three of them did he answer directly. He asked a question behind the question. I think there's a good tip for all of us. He asks a question. He says, hey, well, what does the law of Moses say? And the man says that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your strength, and, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, gold star. Well done. Good job. But the man was left rather uneasy. A little unsettled, he says, but Jesus, who is my neighbor? The lawyer and probably everybody else in the audience, they didn't like Jesus' response and his answer. We're going to look at this little well-known story only found in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 10. And let me just read it to you. A certain man went down. I mean, Jesus told the story in response to 
The question, who's my neighbor? Jesus tells a story. A certain man went down to Jerusalem, from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell amongst thieves. So he stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, and leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, and he poured oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, hey, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come back again, I'll repay you. So Jesus asked the lawyer, so which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus says, go and do likewise. This is the word of the Lord. Let me pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Let it become real and alive in Auckland City in 2023. In your beautiful name I pray. Amen. I want to call this talk Breaking Barriers. Breaking Barriers. There are two things in the story that are were shocking and alarming and to, to the audience of the day, which we will often miss. First of all, that 18-mile winding road through the desert between Jerusalem and Jericho is notorious. It's like that walking through the streets of the inner city at midnight. It's filled with all kinds of caves, and everybody knew it. You certainly wouldn't walk that windy road with goods and valuables on you because in those caves and the windy roads, the robbers and thieves and all the reprobates would hide out, and they would seize their opportunity at any moment in time. So the audience knew that at the time, like, don't go to that part of town. It was infamous. Danger lurked everywhere. He's attacked, and he's left half dead. He's battered, and he's bruised, and he's hoping for help. And maybe he lied there, lay there, I should say, for hours, and, and he's, I don't know, blood pouring out, bruising, maybe clothing's gone. I mean, who knows? He's just trying to hang on. He's half dead. And, but along comes a person, and this Jewish man looks up, squints up, and sees a familiar face. He's a Jew, his own kind. A priest, no less. A pastor, if you will. But sadly, his hopes are dashed as the priest just walks across and walks away and avoids him. He continues lying there, desperate, gasping for breath, wondering what can he do. He clearly has not got up and taken care of himself. He's that wounded and helpless, and pain is riddled through his body. But along comes another figure. He can see them coming in the distance, and along comes this other Jewish face. This time, the person comes right up to him and has a look. It's a Levite. You can tell the worship leader's got the special garbs. Maybe now's my moment to be rescued and aided and helped in this moment. Surely he will help me. They lock eyes on each other. Then the Levite looks 
does nothing and walks away. I don't want you to miss this. The priest and the Levite, they're church people. They know their Bible. They come early. They're at the prayer meeting. <laughs> they're faithful tithers. They sing all the songs in church with great gusto. They're prominent figures. I mean, they're leaders in the church, but they lack compassion. They lack love. And Jesus wants them to catch this kingdom principle of loving others even when they're different to your own upbringing, like different food and different accents and skin tones and, and likes and dislikes. Jesus wants them to catch this, so he shocks the audience by weaving into the story a Samaritan. Why didn't he just go for an ordinary Jew? He went for the person, the kind of person furthest from the mind of the Jew. You see, the Samaritan was a half-breed, a, a traitor. They were the ones that intermarried with pagan people. And they despised each other racially and religiously. What does Jesus want us to know? The Samaritan in the story is the last person anybody would expect to care. Jesus is the breaking barriers. Glass barriers. He's breaking cultural barriers. He's breaking barriers in the heart. And, and the Samaritan, he didn't just care. He had genuine compassion and willingly gave of time, energy, and money. Three saw and heard, but only one was a true neighbor. We here in every nation, we, we live here in Auckland City. It's a very multicultural church. In fact, I dare suggest that most of our neighbors, those of whom we live with, live beside or work beside or study beside, that I'm guessing that most of them don't look like us. And are you willing to avoid them? Are you willing to, to cross the road, so to speak? Are you willing to ignore and allow indifference to come in our heart? Or are you willing to live like Jesus? To humble yourself and to break glass barriers, even if it's uncomfortable, to engage someone in need with compassion. Jesus did for this for us, right? He, he came for us. He laid down his life. He, he traversed heavens to come to earth. I personally follow a Jewish man called Jesus, a cross-cultural Lord, if you will. Jesus was our model. No prejudice, no favorites, no indifference, just total love for all people. Will we live like Jesus? Will we love like Jesus? Will we care like Jesus? Will we be human to others who don't look like us? You know, geneticists say that despite all of our differences of size and shape and color, we humans are 99.9% .9 the same. I think we all have pretty much the same hopes and dreams in our life. 
The expression of that looks different, but the same heart. To be known and to be loved and to enjoy family. Here's my big thought for the day. When we see humanity beyond difference, we live like Jesus. When we see humanity beyond difference, we live like Jesus. I wonder in this room, do you want to be like the Good Samaritan, but you feel inadequate, you feel intimidated, you feel maybe culturally inferior? Friend, I want to invite you today. I want to pray today. I'll believe that God has, has wired you and destined you as he has with me, who I am, the culture I was born into. But God wants to use all of us to be good Samaritans, not just within our own culture, but cross-culturally Jesus took person right at the far left to reach out to the person on the far right and saying, that's what a neighbor looks like. We Christians have developed the fine art of politely ignoring often other people that look different and sound different to us. Do you want to be a good Samaritan to your neighbor? I believe you do. And I believe God wants us to become cross cultural. I believe God wants us to go over these invisible barriers, which I acknowledge and understand to some degree through historical things, colonialism, potentially, other things, nuances, playing at culture. But I want to tell you today, as we here collectively live in a city that's thick and riddled with culture and nations, God wants to use us and be filled with the power of the Spirit and compassion and love, just like the Samaritan in the story. And not cross the road and not avoid and not find comfort by running to our own tribe all the time. But getting into the realm of the uncomfortable. This is what I've discovered. English isn't the international language. The international language is love. Love. You know, I realized something as I try to close this but also push our comfortableness I realize that if my social circles are filled with people that look and sound like me, I'm probably not loving my neighbor. Let me repeat that. Can I, with all the love and kindness of my heart, change the language a little bit and refer it to you? If your social circle is filled with people who look and sound like you, I think you're probably not loving your neighbors. Maybe God's placed us where we live and work and get educated so we might learn to be good Samaritans and cross those invisible barriers. 
And I believe as we begin to love and care, we'll experience and engage in such an enriching experience of cross-cultural learning. And if they don't know Jesus through that, the gospel can be propagated, demonstrated and proclaimed and shared and communicated. We are every nation. We are every nation, Auckland City. And we live in a very, in Auckland especially, a very densely populated cultural melting pot. And I dare to believe that God wants to use you and I to break barriers and build relationships and conversations with people that are different to us. I wonder if you'd sign up for that. I wonder if that's what you would love to do. And praise God, I thank you for the theme this morning of spirit empowerment because we don't have to muster it all up and all the courage and techniques ourselves. God says, if you want to do it, I'll give you the power. I'll give you the words. I'll show you how to do it. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he says, I'm going to give you power to be a witness. God will empower us to do this. If you want to be a good Samaritan, if you want to be used by that, you don't know how God's going to do it. You may even feel a little bit uncomfortable, but you want to say, God, I want to sign up. I want to be used like that. I don't want to just stick with my own tribe. I want to be open and free for you to use me to, to break barriers and, and go and reach hearts and lives that look different to me. If that's you, my friend, can I invite you to stand to your feet? I'd like to pray for you. Lord, today I stand with my brothers and sisters. Lord, here we are. We feel so inadequate, and in some cases we frankly feel intimidated. But Lord, I pray that you would instill a fresh new confidence in our heart. Not a confidence in our confidence, but a confidence in the fact that you have appointed us and you've designated us and you've empowered us to be used by you, Lord, to love. Lord, I pray that you would put a compelling force within our hearts that's called love that would go beyond our uncomfortableness. And just like the example of the Good Samaritan, that, Lord, we would be willing to see the need and not cross over, not avoid, but engage the need and serve as best we know how. Lord, would you create within us as a people, as a local church, a new confidence, Father God, not to feel intimidated. Lord, I come against the spirit of fear. I come against maybe even some of the nuances that have flowed over from historical cultures. Lord, I'm praying for a fresh new vision in our hearts, Lord Jesus, a fresh confidence in who we are in Christ to be used by you. Holy Spirit, come. Use us. Fill this place with nations. Lord, let us be quick to run to that front door and embrace new nations. Lord, I'm praying that you would remove every clicky thing, every cultural, tribal barrier that's there. Lord, we celebrate who we are. Praise God for the comfortableness of that. That's not all we are. We're bigger than that. Lord, I pray today 
that in this city you'd find in this house, Lord, not just a tolerance, not just a being socially polite, but Lord, a willingness to humbly and, trans- and authentically engage in relationship. Help us, we pray. In your beautiful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't you take a seat, please? First John 4, as I wrap this thing up, Richard, come on now. Verse 7 to 8 says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. You know, compassionate hearts always create caring hands. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, I want to tell you today, the good Samaritan is just like Jesus. Get this. The Samaritan was an outsider, despised by many. The Samaritan came after others, after others failed to meet the need. The Samaritan came right to the afflicted man. The Samaritan gave tender care. The Samaritan provided for future needs. The Samaritan came before it was too late. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's not too late. You may have in your own estimation committed great sins. Can I tell you, there's no sin that's too great for Jesus to forgive. If we turn from sin and repent and confess Jesus Christ is Lord. He will renew you. He'll cleanse you. He'll forgive you. It's not too late. If you're breathing, friend, it's not too late. That thought is a lie from the enemy. And so if you don't know Jesus and you would like to know more about Jesus and what it looks like to truly have a relationship with him, I want to invite you to come and talk to me afterwards. Pastor Wee Young, any one of our leaders here, that would be the highlight of our day, talking about the Savior of whom we have been a recipient of, his grace and his mercy. Not one person in this room is bigger or better than anyone else. Regardless of education or tone of skin or wealth status. We were born naked babies, we're going to go in the box. Nothing goes with us. We get this opportunity to know God and be used by God to spread the love of the gospel to everybody around us. Father, thank you for this moment in time this morning. We honor you, we praise you, we bless you, Jesus. We commit this week to you. And I praise you, Jesus, in your beautiful name. Amen. I forgot to mention just the takeaway point, the one action point. How about that? Just as I wrap this thing up, there's a slide there somewhere. Here it is. It says this. Here's the one thing to do. You like that? Not just talky, 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 but one thing to do. Here's a challenge for you. Bless a neighbor. In the next two weeks, find a neighbor who comes from a different nation and bless them. Maybe give them a gift. Maybe have a meal. I mean, Hospitality is beautiful and very biblical. Maybe you could spend a little time, send them a pot plant. I don't know. Find a neighbor, a work. I don't mean just a casual acquaintance. I mean someone that's in front of you. That's really the definition of a neighbor, right? 
people in front of you, people around you. Could be a workmate, could be someone physically next door, um, another parent of a club that your child goes to, who knows what. Find someone and bless them. Are you up for that? I want to disrupt your life a little bit. Some of you are so monocultural in how you approach life. I want you to break out of that, find something that looks different, smells different, sounds different. (laughs) And bless them. Just like Jesus. Have a great day. God bless you. See you next week. Thank you for joining us. To know more about Every Nation Auckland City, you can visit our website, www.everynationauckland.city. For more messages like this, you can subscribe to this podcast through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts.